Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 66. It's now been 25 weeks, two days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today, as soon as we come back from listening to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, we've got a lot of things to discuss because it's been over a week since last I recorded my show. Well, Lori, we know that you told us earlier that you were going to limit the amount of shows you put out in the summer, but isn't this really being quiet even for you? especially for you? Well, yes. The long and short of it is, I had another bike accident last week. Now, those of you that follow me on Facebook or read the blog know the story already, but I'll update you all on that, what's going on in my life. We have comment conversations with Cheryl. Two listeners are on the Bravery Report, new listener Kathy from Connecticut, and our wonderful Donnie, both from calls to the Bravery Hotline for different reasons. And I have a lot of thanks for the support that you guys have been giving me, both financially and just in your comments and in, with your help. More on that later. So Josh, it seems to me that we have a lot to think about today. So let's see what we need to let go. But I'm letting go. As I'm sitting here in the heat of the afternoon under the tree on my podcast rock here at my local park listening to Josh thinking about what I should let go I actually had something in mind to let go but now I'm not so sure if that's the one the thing that I had on my mind was being so wishy-washy you know kind of going with the flow whatever one suggests and just kind of go that way not really knowing my own mind kind of being wishy-washy but then that kind of translated a little bit more for me into insecurity, okay? It's not so much being wishy-washy as being too insecure to speak my mind or to know what I want. And this week, this has really fallen into my lap, that this is a lesson that I need to learn. So I think I need to let go of my insecurity because really... What is insecurity except for fear of the unknown or feeling that you're not up to a task, right? Because either you are up to a task or you don't know. There are things that you can do to prepare. Then you give stuff your best shot and things happen or they don't happen. And in life, shit just happens. Sorry folks, I guess I'm PG again today, but shit happens in everybody's life. And you cannot perfection your way out of it. You can't plan your way out of it. You can't checklist your way out of it. You can't do anything to make sure that everything in life is going to go exactly as you wanted it to go. And this goes to just day-to-day -day going about your business. Stuff can still happen. 
or it can go along with trying to try a new activity, to follow up with opportunity, to apply for a job, to try to get a client, to you know, audition for a show, whatever it is that you're trying to do, everything in life has a little bit of risk. And you know, it might even be a long shot. You might look at yourself and evaluate your odds, as you know, it's probably one in 10 million that I'm going to be the next American Idol. And that would probably be very generous on my part. But I still could go try out if that was in my mind, because who knows, maybe you know, I'll get conked on the head on the way and unlock a, a genius for singing that I didn't know that I had. Now that's an extreme example, but, but really insecurity is just a way to drain yourself of energy or being creative or to give yourself an excuse to fail. That's how I think of it these days, because I am so full of insecurities that I have stopped myself time and time and time again from trying to do things that I really wanted to do. So when we get through with all of our thank yous and comment conversations a little bit near to the end of the show, I'm going to have a topic all about that on how do we know what we want? How can we feel good about what we're capable of? Okay, I want to do my thank yous now before I forget. I've got to look here in my little book because I have so many things to thank you for. First of all, Stitcher people, we're up to 19 playlists now, so thank you. That's a few more than last time. And on TuneIn Radio, up to 153 followers. Thank you, TuneIn Radio listeners. I really like that. And you know, I was looking at my podcast download stats. That's the statistics I can see how many episodes are downloaded and where in the country they're downloaded and all that. And I saw something interesting, that my listeners have more than doubled since May. Isn't that amazing? And I know that because July has already beat May in the total number of downloads for all of the episodes, but July had only six shows in it, whereas May had 11 shows in it. So that means that per show we have more than doubled. So that means our audience is growing and more brave companions are finding us. And a great deal of that has to do with the reviews you guys are leaving and word of mouth. And when you leave links on blogs or you talk about us on Facebook or you share the content, every bit of that helps Compulsive Overeating Diary be found. And every time that a new listener says to me, I'm so glad I found you because now I know I'm not alone. That just makes my day, it makes me smile, and I feel like I am doing my purpose on earth, and that every one of you are helping me with that endeavor. Now, this might not be your purpose on earth, but I certainly appreciate all of the help, all of the love, all of the support that you guys have put in to making this show what it's turning into and what it is today. And while we're on that topic, I want to say thank you for you guys for clicking on the $5 coffee button. I can't believe it. We're up to six coffee senders now. You know, I was thinking I might make a special email list of the coffee clatch. Just, you know, you who have sent me this $5, I'll put you on an email list and see if I can't figure out something nice to send you 
some special poem or recipe or thought of the day as a thank you for sending me that five dollars because i still can't believe it that you guys would care enough to send me money and while we're on the money topic i want to thank the uk shoppers i still see that total coming up of the advertising fees that I'm getting for you shopping at Amazon in the UK through my link. Now it's going to be a good, good long time before I see anything because you're in the UK and I'm in the US, they won't cut me a check until there's been 50 pounds of advertising revenue. Now that's an awful lot of books and goods. That might take a year or two, but I don't care. Every time I see a few more cents, show up over there in the UK, it makes me happy. Now in the US, I might see some of that money in my bank account sooner because I only need $10 worth before they will do a transfer into my bank account. And you US shoppers are up to something like $8 and some odd cents. So I think I might actually see a transfer into my bank account by Christmas. That is like so super exciting because my accountant said, oh, it doesn't matter if you put something onto Amazon because nobody's going to use it anyway. And I said, okay. <laughs> I thought, all right, as long as it doesn't hurt anything, what's the harm? And I'm just so thankful and excited. It's kind of like, I don't know, waiting for the lotto to go every day and see like, is there been more Amazon shoppers or not? It just tickles me. And I'm also really happy for those of you that have bought the intuitive eating book. I hope that you're enjoying it. I also think you should check out Eating in the Light of the Moon. And I'll see if I can't find some more stuff. You know, instead of just having these generic, here, click my link and go to Amazon, I really have been meaning to go through and find the products that I actually love and put links to those things so it will be a little bit more meaningful for you. But in any case, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I super, super appreciate it. Now, another thank you is I want to welcome our Spark People team members. We have two new ones, Amelia Brin and Trilemma. Tri <laughs> That's cute, Trilemma. So we're up to 14 members there over on Spark People. If you are a Spark People member already, you can find us by looking in Teams for Compulsive Overeating Diary. You can also come to any of our show notes on any of the day because we have the link to our Spark People team. Now, Spark People is a place where you can count calories if you like, if that's something that you're doing. Or you can do like me and don't count calories and just talk about what books you're reading or rant on the rant thread like I did today because <laughs> something was bothering me. And so instead of eating, I went and posted on the rant thread. It's really informal over there. And we just say kind of whatever is on our mind in that forum. So if you're a Spark People member or you'd like to check it out, go to our show notes and find us on the Spark People team. Speaking of reviews and doing things that help Compulsive Overeating Diary be found, I want to thank for the new five-star review from Mel B4564 in the U.S. iTunes. And they say, thanks for sharing your struggles. I'm a new listener. Just wanted to thank you for this podcast. I struggle with binge eating ever since I quit my problem drinking. I find it easy to stay away from alcohol because I don't touch it anymore. But food is so hard because we have to eat to live. I appreciate your tips and encouragement. Congratulations on your success and thanks again. You know, I've often thought about that. 
Now, I don't have a problem with drinking, but I shared, I think, last time and maybe some time before that I quit smoking in my life. And that was terribly hell on wheels and awful and all that. Horrible, bad habit, plus physical nicotine addiction. But, you know, no one is holding a gun to my head and saying, here, Lori, smoke this cigarette now, or you must have, like, one cigarette three times a day. I don't think I could do it. If for some reason that we had to smoke three cigarettes a day to be alive, and that's all I could do is smoke three cigarettes, I think I would be in terrible trouble. Because I'm kind of like you, you know, even if I go to a bar or a restaurant where they allow smoking, some states here, they still allow smoking in public areas, or if you go to Las Vegas, they let you smoke there. If it's too smoky, not only does it bother my bronchitis, but it can actually trigger my nicotine urges again. So I have to get the heck out, and that's what I do. If I'm around smoke, I get the heck out. But when I'm around food, how can you get the heck out? You still have to deal with the food. You have to eat the food. And it's awfully, awfully easy if you've been using one substance, like alcohol or cigarettes or overeating, and then you deal with that particular thing, but you don't deal with what's underneath it, to then do what they call cross-addict. I think I did a blog post about overspending. That is something I have to look out for. When I was dieting and being successful at staying within my calorie range, I would find myself kind of getting that same feeling of relief that I used to get from binge eating, by buying things either on Amazon. Okay, you guys, I already, did, I already said I want you to buy stuff on Amazon, but not for this reason. Don't buy stuff you don't need. No, don't do it. Put down the credit card. Don't go to Amazon if you don't need something. Okay, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> but that is something I would do, is I would go out to Amazon or I would go out shopping in stores or even, you know, just, and if I was gonna buy like, one pair of pants, I'd buy five pair of pants. I would find myself buying, like binge buying, like buying more than I needed. And I think it's all related. Now, when I'm doing intuitive eating and I'm really dealing with my emotions and going to therapy and kind of doing things that are getting at what's under my, my emotional eating problem, I find that I'm not tempted to go out and buy a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I'm not tempted to go buy things or to start drinking things. Because I kind of seen that too. Because tell you the honest to God truth, if my doctor told me tomorrow, do not drink another drop of alcohol again, uh, it wouldn't be that hard. The, the hardest part would be is I do enjoy a glass of wine with my dinner. I super enjoy the whole wine tasting experience, but I actually like the tasting part. I don't need to drink the whole glass. I like the little tasting experience. But when I was dieting, I would tend to sometimes go overboard with drinking. It was kind of almost like in my mind that, okay, Cake is wrong, but two glasses of wine is okay. You know, or two glasses of wine is only 300 calories or 350 or whatever that might be. And, and that's less calories than having this dessert. So I have all these little, these little deals in my head. So I just so appreciate where you're coming from. It is so tough for us to figure out sometimes 
how we can process the bumps, the hills and valleys and the things that we struggle with without turning to some kind of behavior or turning to some kind of substance or doing something to distract us and make us feel better. Because sometimes we don't even know what's wrong. We don't even know what's going on. And even with my laser focus on trying to figure out what's going on, I don't always know. And I've got a story that will fit into that near the end of this podcast. So long story short, thanks so much for your five-star review. I wish you well. Feel free to come comment on the show notes. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know anything we can do to help support you and make your journey a little bit easier. Thanks again. And I'm super excited to welcome another new listener and brave companion, Kathy from Connecticut. She is on the Bravery Report actually twice this week. Really, twice. The first time because she bravely comments on my blog post about balance between my gut and tummy, where I also mention my latest bike accident. And I'll tell you about the bike accident in a, after I talk about this. Anyway, Kathy says, Hi, Lori. I'm a bit of a newbie and still listening to the older podcast, so didn't see or hear that you had a bike accident. So sorry to hear, but I'm glad you're doing better. I'd also love to hear more about the meetings and group you mentioned. I have felt so helped and encouraged by your podcast, especially by your straight-from-the-heart truth, even when it feels uncomfortable. Oh, if we could all learn that who we are is okay, warts and all. Like I said when I called the Bravery Hotline a few days ago, your story resonates so much with me. I'm beginning to feel not so messed up and alone. Thanks for being my new walking, hiking buddy. Good luck with the new adventure, and I'm sure you will be amazing. Kathy from Connecticut. Okay. Well, now, brave companions, I guess I have a continuity problem, because one, I haven't told you about my bike accident, really, and two, I haven't told you about my new adventure thing that Kathy's referencing. But you know what? Before I go on with any of that, I want you guys to hear from Kathy from Connecticut, her own self. So here she is. Here's Kathy's call to the Bravery Hotline. Hi, Lori. My name is Kathy, and I'm from Connecticut. I just found your podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm in the process of trying to catch up and listen, Um, although I am cheating and listening to some of the uh, current ones as well. I'm so delighted to have found your podcast. I'm 65, and I have been, like you, uh, compulsively dealing with food since I was about four or five, and I have had successes, and I have had um, uh, falling off the wagon. Um, I actually have been listening to your podcast as I take my daily hike and walk, so it's been feeling to me like I've had a partner walking with me, which I have really enjoyed a lot. Um, I don't mind if you use my name or any portion of this message. I've been waiting to call, to get brave enough to call, because I don't usually do this sort of thing, and also because I thought, well, let me come up with the most um, inspiring thing to say to thank Lori, and I realized that that's just me putting off something that I um, 
can do now and can be brave enough to do. So thank you for inspiring me to reach out and do something a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, I can't believe how much uh, I feel like your story resonates with me. So many, so many things that you say that I can say, oh, my gosh, it's just like I feel or felt or um, it's the same thing that happened to me or anyway. Thank you very much. Um, I feel like you're a friend already, and you're just on the left coast, that's all, and I'm on the right coast, <laughs> but we can still walk together on these, uh, on your podcast days. So thanks again, Lori, and I will try to call and leave messages once in a while. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kathy. I got such a kick out of your comment that you are cheating by listening to the later episodes before you're all the way caught up. I hear and now before all the brave companions give you absolute permission to listen in any order at any time and to even gasp, skip episodes that don't sound interesting. <laughs> I love that our stories are so similar and I hope that someday maybe we will be in the same area and we'll get to take a walk or hike together in actual person. Would that be fun? I also love that you didn't wait to be inspired to call, but took the brave step anyway. So BCs, if you'd like to welcome and support Kathy, please go and leave your comments on day 66. Now, before I welcome the next new listener, I'll tell you what happened on the bike. Okay, last week I recorded the show on a Monday and I edited the show on a Tuesday and I cleaned my house. I cleaned my house all day long and it put me in a really pissy bad mood. But I said, you know, as reward, Mark and I will go bike riding in the morning because it's super, super, super hot here. So even though Mark likes to sleep in, he's been getting up super early to go bike riding with me. And then we'll go to the movie. We have planned to go to the movies after bike riding. So I was in a very good mood. My show was all edited and ready to publish. And after I published my show, I was gonna get to go to the movies. It was a wonderful, wonderful bike ride. I was about three seconds away from going home and getting to go to the movie on a date with my husband, something I really like to do. Anyway, because I was actually on the LA River, which is a standalone bike path, not in traffic, pretty easy, pretty flat, no problem. I was taking a right-hand turn through the gate where you exit the bike path when an SOB, hit and run bike rider, comes about 30 miles an hour to my left. I pushes my bike into the dirt of this path. I lose my footing and my body continues and slams into my handlebar, giving me a whopping bruise of all bruises on my right breast, right on that pectoral muscle. I was knocked senseless. I honest to goodness thought, this is it, I'm gonna die, my heart's gonna stop. That's what I thought. It took me a while to also notice that my left knee had hit the ground pretty darn hard and got some beautiful bruising there on the left knee. But really, brave companions, I thought, that's it. That's all she wrote. And while I was laying there, the first thing I said to Mark was, I love you. Then I said to myself, I forgive this person who I'm needing to forgive. And then 
I was really, 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 really sorry that I didn't get Show 65 posted because it had a secret message in there for brave companion Jenny and it was breaking my heart to lay there dying before Jenny got to hear this secret surprise in show 65. So I was very, very upset about that. But I thought, what can I do? If I'm dying, I'm dying, that's all there is. So that was kind of an interesting experience. In a way, thinking that I was dying makes me feel better now because you know, you always think when it comes down to it, if you know that you're dying, you're going to be scared as all get out. And I really wasn't. I was mostly pissed off I didn't post show 65. But I was happy I was there to say I love you to Mark and that he said it back and I was able to forgive the person I need to forgive. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of how it went. But after I caught my breath back, we saw I'm not going to die. We decided we better go and go to the urgent care, check out these bruises, Mark got the bikes into the truck, and we were close to the urgent care in Burbank, so off we go. So Mark goes and takes the truck, puts it into the parking garage. It's this horrible, like, beehive of a crowded place by this urgent care. It's in a big medical complex. And I go limping into the urgent care and say, I just had this bike wreck. I need an x-ray on my chest. I need to see if my heart's okay. And the guy says, we're not open till 11 o'clock. I'm like, what? So he prints out for me this other urgent care place and says I have to go there or says, why don't you go directly to your doctor? Because my doctor is located in Burbank. In the meantime, I'm still gasping for breath because I'm like, ah, ah, my heart is killing me. So I go back out, I call Mark on the phone because he's still like trying to drive in this huge parking garage that's, you know, all these, a lot of traffic and lots of turns. And I said, hey, come back. The thing is closed. We have to go to another urgent care. And in the meantime, I go to the parking attendant because they charge you whopping big fees to park in this parking garage. And I had no money on me because I'm in my bike shorts. And I know that Mark doesn't have any money. We were planning on using a credit card. But Mark's now turning around in the car, and he has the credit card, and I do not. So I begged her, please, please, they're closed. Would you let us out of this parking garage? So that was the good news. When Mark came by with the truck, I hopped in. The parking attendant opened the gate and let us exit. So we were heading towards this other urgent care. I called my doctor's office on the phone, said, I was just in this accident. Can I come into the doctor's office and have her look at me? The receptionist says, no, it won't do any good because the doctor is going to tell you to go to the urgent care and get an x-ray because we don't have an x-ray equipment here in the office. So I'm like, okay. So I'm going to my husband. We need to go to this other urgent care or do you think we should just go to Verdugo Hospital, which is a hospital close to us? Just go into the ER. He says, all right, let's just, we'll just go to Verdugo. At least that's like on the way home and... We've been there before, so they'll know who you are, and we'll do that. So we drive up there, and Verdugo Hospital, the, the urgent, I mean, the ER is kind of up this hill. So you kind of drive up this hill to go into the entrance of the ER. In the meantime, I'm still in a lot of pain going, well, I'm not dying, but it's starting to hurt a little bit now, right? This is how I am. 
<laughs> and we get there, get ready to drive up the hill to the ER, and the security guard stops us, says you can't drive up to the ER because there's been an accident, a car accident in front of the ER, and they're not letting any traffic through. I'm holding my chest like I'm having a heart attack. I said, I need to go to the ER. How do I get there? Now, the poor security guy is all flustered now. He's probably thinking, oh, damn, I just needed no one to go to the ER for five minutes to get this cleared up, but here we are. So he said, okay, you go in here, take a left, go into the elevator and go up to the, I forget, fourth floor, third floor, something like this. So I'm like, okay, okay, Mark is going to go park in the parking lot. I'm running into the hospital door. I'm stopped by a volunteer and a line of people because you have to fill out your name and who you are before they let you into the hospital. But I'm like grabbing my heart saying, I need the ER, I need the ER. So he says, quick, what's your name? I said, Lori Weaver. So he puts Lori W on a red thing, slaps it on my chest, which hurt to heck because as I told you, I have the bruise of all bruises on my right chest, right where my heart is but I'm grabbing it. I'm like, thank you, thank you. And I'm running to the elevator. <laughs> and I'm just saying, does anyone know where the ER is? Does anyone know? So finally I get in the elevator. I finally get there. I'm really fortunate because there's no line at the ER. I go up there, they know who I am. I get in, I get x-rays. Mark is able to park the car. We show up there. So my knee gets x-rayed from every angle. My chest gets x-rayed. We talk to the doctor. And I'm really fortunate because my left knee just looks horrible. It looks like I must have every fracture and everything wrong with it that can be wrong with a knee. And actually, there's nothing wrong with it. I can walk on it now just fine. It looks pretty interesting if you see it, but I can use it just fine. The one that's really kind of put me behind exercising for a while is the, the bruise on my chest. Now, if you guys ever do a push-up or just right now, take your hands and push against a wall or a desk. And where you feel that pressure in your chest area, that's the pec. And that's what's bruised all to heck from that, that impact on my handlebar. That is really, really sore. So I've been at home taking it easy as they told me to do, doing my deep breathing exercises to make sure my lungs are okay. Pop in a pain pill now and again until a couple days ago. Now I'm okay with just an Advil now and again, something like this. But yesterday, Mark and I decided to go bike riding again. No, no new accidents. We went bike riding. We went to the river just because it's the flattest place we know. And we wanted to see, can I tolerate holding myself on the bike? Because to support your frame on the bike, you're actually putting some pressure onto, onto your pecs. And I was actually doing pretty well, and I was coming back, and I told Mark, hey, honey, you go ahead and ride and finish the trail, because I'm not going to actually finish the trail. I think I'm, I'm going to stop early. I was just about one mile from the end of where I was going when I hear this big pop, bang noise. My rear tire was blown, absolutely blown, flat as a pancake, not going anywhere. So I called Mark on the phone and said, come back, honey, my tire is blown and I'm walking this mile <laughs> with this bike to our truck. And I'm pushing this bike with my sore pet. That hurt pretty good, but it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. I got through it because the actual tire is worn. And we took the bikes then immediately to the bike shop that we frequent. They checked them out and we needed to replace all these tires 
because they were worn. So we did that, got everything fixed up, went back to our house. And so the good news is we'll get our bikes back in a couple days. I seem to be able to ride, I'll take it easy. But that's the story of my bike accident. And if I'm not the woman who gets up every time they fall down, I don't know who is. Okay, now that we've had our exciting bike story for the day, I'd also like to welcome new listener and brave companion Maggie, who just started and was kind and encouraging to post her comment on the infamous, pathetic episode that I recorded on day four. She says, Hi Lori, just found your podcast on Pocket Cast this week. I'm up to episode four and just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I entirely related to the way you felt at Trader Joe's when you saw those salted caramel chocolates. Those catch my eye every time I go in there and I only win that battle about 50% of the time. I just started OA on the 12th and I'm starting a meetup group in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Look out, you guys, brave companions in near Asheville, North Carolina, called Progress Not Perfection. Hopefully, those teamed up with your podcast will be just the support I need. Please keep on sharing your progress with us, and thanks again. Hugs, Maggie. So if you'd like to welcome Maggie, you can do so by replying to her comment on day four or by saying howdy on today's show notes on day 66. Okay, for part two of my continuity problem, Kathy, our new Brave Companion, also mentioned the meeting and the new adventure that I'm starting. So what was happening is I had a meeting scheduled, a local meeting, and I asked for help by posting this on Facebook. This is what I said. Help, any thoughts? I'm going to a local meeting today to discuss if the person's organization might like to book me for a talk or a series based on this podcast and blog. I'm still a bit nervous and trying to figure out how my story might be translated into a helpful evening. Any thoughts on that would be welcome. And Sue said on Facebook, some of your history would be useful. Then how you have dealt with things post-retirement and the reasons for the podcast. Intuitive eating could feature as well as how you're dealing with the ups and downs via recording what you're thinking and interacting with others. Maybe a sample of the sort of thing you record. Your interview with Alan gave a good overview. Kendra said, I think you will do fine. You have been breaking through barriers all over the place. I think this is just the natural progression of your life. You are even thinking about voice acting after all. I think this is just so awesome. Good luck. Me, I said. Thanks, Kendra. I just got a pep email from Alan to be myself. Good advice. I tend to want to twist myself into what they need, but that won't do any good. Either my message is a fit or not, and I guess I need to figure out the best way to represent what that is. Sue gave me some great points to start with. Kendra then says, maybe even writing a mission statement might be a good idea. Our comments went further, and you can check that out in the, with all the help that I got. I'm going to post the link to that Facebook posting. But I want to share with you the mission statement I came up after Kendra gave me that suggestion. You can go ahead and read it if you like also, because I added my mission statement to the About page on Compulsive Overeating Diary. So you might hear some papers rattling, because I'm actually going to read you my mission statement today off of the paper that I printed out to take with me to my meeting. 
Lori's mission statement, to live a life free from the fear of food, where I enjoy food and where I build authentic relationships versus using compulsive eating behaviors to push people away. In all I do with my blog, my podcast, public and private communications around the topic of food issues, I wish to, colon, one, be brave and truthful in what my experience is and has been with compulsive and binge eating for over 50 years. Two, share any insights I may gain for myself as I work on the issues under my own eating and food issue journey. Three, be a companion to others who also travel this road and accept their companionship. Four, be open-minded and respectful of all companions, their opinions, their experiences, while remaining true to myself. Five, generate communities where all brave companions feel free to feel how they feel and say so in safety and respect. Six, make it clear I am just a fellow traveler. I am not a doctor, psychologist, dietitian, or trained expert in eating disorders, nor do I have a program or eating plan to follow. Seven, I'm here to learn, express, and share. I have no authority, no answers. I do have experience living with compulsive eating and its effects, compassion, empathy, and a gift for storytelling. Well, brave companions, that was so helpful. You know, the first part of my mission statement where I talk about what I actually want out of life. Now, nowhere in that did you hear, I want to wear a bikini. Would it be nice to have a figure so nice that I'd feel real comfortable wearing a bikini everywhere? Sure it would. But that's really not what I want. I really want to have a life fear-free of food, where food and food issues do not get between me and making relationships with people, authentic relationships, meaning I want people to know who I am without my food perfectionist mask. Not my behaviors, not my isolating, not any of that stuff. I want to just be who I am. And for those who say, yay, I like this person. I like what this person has to offer. I like them for what they say. Then that's a great fit. And for those who say, you know what? Not my cup of tea. Not who I want to be with. Not the one that I want. I'm okay with that now too. Before, you know, I was always feeling so insecure, as I talked about early on the letting go part. I was so insecure, I would try to turn myself into anything to make every single person, 100% of people everywhere, think I was just what they needed. Now, how is that possible? Nobody on earth can be 100% what every other person likes, wants, or needs. So that's a crazy way to be, a crazy making way to be for myself and others. And I'm so thankful because actually clarifying all of those points in this mission statement, I was able to have a successful meeting with the organization that I met with. And later that day, I posted this onto Facebook. Hooray, my meeting went well. And it looks like we will be starting a weekly support group called something like What's Under the Food, a support group with Lori Weaver of Compulsive Overeating Diary. And best yet, the intention now is to have it be free to the public. So local Brave Companions, stay tuned for more details. So if you're here in the LA area and you want to come to a weekly support group, pay attention because I'll put on my Facebook and I'll put on my blog the where it is and when it is and just all you got to do is come there. Right now I see it just as a very 
open type of forum where we don't need you to be on any kind of diet. There's not going to be any kind of scales. You can feel however you feel. You can sit there and just listen to me. If I'm the only one willing to talk, that's how it will be. <laughs> or if you really need to talk, we'll let you talk all you want. I want to see if I can translate what we have together in this podcast show into real life, where a group of brave companions can actually be there for each other, be there and respectful. Let us be who we are. Let us see that we aren't alone and that we share common issues around food, even if the way that we approach it, even if the way our issues present themselves differ, we can still be there to understand and to combat some of that isolation without feeling compelled to be one thing or another. I'm also hoping that as part of this group, maybe once a month or so, we'll go hiking together or go for walks together and do like I do with you. But in real life, we'll actually go for walks and talk. And I'm gonna tell you all now my, my biggest dream, my biggest dream is that somehow this first group will turn into many groups, many groups across the land and across the countries, and that my job will become traveling around from group to group and meeting brave companions and going for walks and talking and riding my bike. And what could be better than that? To see as much of the, of the world as I can, to meet as many brave companions as I can, to encourage as many people as I can, like ripples in a lake after you throw the stone in. I would love it for our loving support to just flow across so that there isn't one brave companion anywhere that ever needs to feel like they're alone or strange or isolated ever again. Whatever issue you have to deal with around food, I want you to know you're not alone and there's someone who understands and we're here to make that happen. That's my big secret dream, Brave Companions, and it's starting right here and now in my own local area. And when you think about it, isn't it funny that it started because I put my recorder in my pocket and walked out my door when I was feeling sad and blue and started talking about my feelings to myself. And then Brave Companion Cheryl let me know that what I had to say was valuable. I went ahead and released this podcast for all of you. And then on day four, I walked around this very park where I'm sitting right now and told you all honestly how pathetic I felt that I wish someone would come and comment and say I'm listening. And since then, so many of you, like our new brave companion Maggie, has taken the time to not only go to day four and say, I'm listening, but to call the bravery hotline, to comment to each other, to keep in touch on Facebook, to send emails, to be there for each other, to make friends with each other on Instagram. It's so fulfilling to me to think that six months ago, I was just someone who felt pathetic and fat and retired and who knew what life had for me. I thought my productive life was over. I thought I'm never going to know love again because I'm already married. So who's going to want to look at me with that spark in their eye? You know, kind of like, well, those, those exciting young days are over. And my work life was effectively over because I probably wasn't going to apply for a corporate job ever again, not with my stuttering, not with my brain injury issues 
not with the things that are going on. And then I felt like a failure because even though I had successfully lost some weight after retirement, there I had put on 23 pounds and I hadn't even noticed it. I hadn't noticed it at all. And I thought, here I am at my lowest, lowest point. It can't get much worse than this. Who knew that that very point in my life was not the lowest point. It was just the beginning. It was the beginning of something wonderful something meaningful. It was the beginning of my chance to get to know all of you. Well, that was pretty fun to say all that stuff from my heart. But now I want to go and share with you a cool comment conversation that I had with Cheryl on day 64. And while we're talking about that, you know, show on day 64 and the show on day 65 really, really has almost no comments. And that makes me feel kind of bad because I love the brave Amy who called the Bravery Hotline right after her cookie event. And for Donnie who made history by trying for foolish fun to get some comment love on day 64. And I'd really love some more feedback about what you thought of the experiences on day 65. And I just love to support people. So I know that it's summertime. I know that Stephanie from Quebec and Sue are in the middle of renovations. I just talked to or actually commented back and forth on Facebook with Michelle Mack. And she's off to vacation for 10 days. So I know the summer is a busy time. But I'm asking you that if you are anywhere near your computer, tablet, or are able to post with your phone, if you hear one of the brave companions doing something or they make a comment that you like, make a note to yourself. Just put a note that I'm going to go and support them on the show notes. Because during the summertime, we're all busy. But, you know, it's really hard for the Brave Companions to make some of those first comments or to call the Bravery Hotline. And I would really, really appreciate it if you guys, if, if you're able, always, if you're able, to come and support them in the show notes of the blog. Because that's where most of them look for their support. I also love all of our interactions on Facebook and on Spark People and the different places. You know, the tweets and the Instagram photos. I love all of that. But the place that the Brave Companions look for the support for being brave is primarily on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com on the day of the show where they were featured. Anyway, back to Cheryl and what she had to say. Cheryl posted this really great and thoughtful comment on day 64. Thanks, Cheryl. She says, Hey, Lori, we're back from our cabin and trying to get caught up with things. Want to say, first of all, hello and welcome to our new secret listener from Rhode Island. We're always so excited to have new brave companions come on board. The more we realize we're not alone, the more we have those brave moments when we can actually come out and be ourselves. I have a quote for you from the writer Anne Lamott. She says, I decided that the single most subversive, revolutionary thing I could do was show up for my life and not be ashamed. Gotta love that woman's attitude. And her quote really struck me. That's the way I want to be too. So welcome aboard and I hope you get brave enough soon to speak up and get to know us. Remember, there's always strength in numbers and there are an awful lot of us who are struggling right along with you. 
then, Lori, I really got where you were coming from about the asking for money issue. And I realized listening to you that I feel exactly like that about asking for pert near any of my needs to be met in my family. I hesitate to ask because I don't feel like I'm deserving of their time and attention or help or whatever it is I'm needing. Truth is, I think I felt that way my whole married life because my self-esteem was so shot, I figured my hubby was doing me a favor by marrying me. Lordy, 43 years later, and I'm thinking, I'm certainly taking a lot on myself without asking anyone to help me carry the burden. So to you, I say, don't do that. Don't continue to bear the cost of your broadcast alone if there's a way you can get support. Think enough of yourself. Respect yourself enough to ask when you need help. Your equipment is very expensive. It doesn't last forever. I'm 100% sure that little bit of extra support would always come in handy. One last thought about topics for Alan's podcast. Maybe it has to do with perfection, but then again, maybe not. Maybe it's a fear of another kind altogether, but here it is. I have realized recently that not finishing anything I start, especially creatively, is an avoidance tactic of mine. Let's face it, if I don't finish it, then I never have to take that next step, which would scare the tar out of me. This doesn't always apply to housework. I do finish that occasionally, laughing out loud. So there you have it. How does one overcome the next step syndrome? Great podcast. My answer. Hi, Cheryl. This post is filled with so much food for thought and wise things to consider. I want to give it time to perk in my brain since I've been distracted since my latest bike travail. Then I quote the paragraph where Cheryl mentioned the money issues. I think, my friend, you have uncovered a major route for me and for you. We figure everyone who's associating with us are doing us a big favor, totally discounting the value we bring as workers, wives, friends, humans on the planet. That's why the money made me feel like a thief for so long. That's why if I didn't care about something, I could charge for it. Well, if that's important to you, I guess I can take your money, no skin off of me. But if it's meaningful to me, I attribute the same worthlessness to my endeavors as I attribute to myself, and therefore it is wrong to ask for or take money or praise or help or anything else that supports it. Wow. What a big, big item for me to bring to therapy, and what a great light bulb moment for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My therapist was right. My learned low self-esteem is coloring all of my judgment on food, on friends, on relationships, on business, everything. The more I learn to value myself in a rational way versus overvaluing and heading into the puffed-up territory, one of my other big fears, the better I can make good decisions for myself and in my interactions with others. I think by learning to value ourselves truly, it opens us to truly love and value others in a likewise, balanced, and true way. P.S. I love your topic idea and sent it off to Alan. Hope he likes it as much as I do. XOXOXOXO. By the way, I did send this topic to Alan, and he did love it. So we will, re- we will be recording another interview just as soon as I heal up enough to walk around this park, hopefully in the next week. But, of course, his show is weekly, so it may be a while before it's published. But keep your topic ideas coming because Alan and I will keep them in a list and address them as we can. Next on the Bravery Report is Donnie, who made history last episode by being the first brave companion to have foolish fun on the show with her funny baby horse joke. She called the Bravery Hotline this week feeling much less than jovial. She calls to share her feelings about a day that went a little south in the eating department, and she bravely shares her feelings instead of letting them eat away inside her. 
Note, Donnie, I did edit your call down a bit for length, but the spirit of your bravery remains intact. So brave companion, here's Donnie at her most authentic, being very, very brave. Hi, brave companions. This is Donnie, and I'm calling to reach out because I'm not really sure why, but just to say what I got to say because I'm feeling guilty and remorseful right now, and I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to feel like I did anything wrong. I've been working really hard at being an intuitive eater and honoring my hunger and trying not to overeat, but today was just a food day, and I ended up eating a lot of food, not a lot of high-calorie food or, like, not really, like, in a binge form, but kind of compulsively overeating because I just ate too much food. It was a lot of vegetables and stuff, and I did have a donut, but I accounted for it in my day. I I didn't, like, just, like, freak out and eat 10 donuts, but I was still too full, and I'm feeling well deflated, I guess, because I don't like the way I feel right now, and I think maybe that just calling and and expressing it and talking about it, that maybe it will help me. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to berate myself. I don't want to feel like I'm taking a step back. It's just one day. Thin people sometimes overeat and they have food days and that happens. And I just, I really don't want to take it as, I don't want to use it as a step back. I don't want to feel like I just failed myself. I had a bad way in this week. I, I weigh in weekly and I was up for 4.4 pounds and I know realistically there's no way I gained 4.4 pounds. There's just no way I ate seven 14,000 extra calories, and even if I did, it wouldn't show up in the five days. It just doesn't work like that, so I know it's got to be something else, and and I'm trying not to let that part deflate me either, and I didn't feel like I was, but I'm wondering if maybe that was some kind of an underlying something that was driving me to over. I do know that food, sugar is like crack. I'm learning this more and more. I never realized the addiction that I have to sugar. And it's just like you have a little bit and you just want more and you want more. And and I'm learning that and I'm trying to reduce the amount of added sugar I have without restricting it or depriving myself or telling myself no by banning it because I know that that's like a, a jumping off a cliff. So I'm just trying to limit it, not telling myself I can't have it because I could have anything that I want on the intuitive eating approach, but knowing the effects that it has on me and that it is just like a downward spiral. So thanks for letting me talk and be brave and share what I needed to share. And, And I think some of my friends are brave companions now. And so that makes it a little bit more um nervousness i guess to be so brave but i don't care i need to put it out there and thanks again brave companions for letting me be brave and share and i just appreciate that you guys can understand and relate and you're not judging and you're very supportive and that i actually have this place to go now to people that do understand i'm so thankful lori for for your podcast and the availability and just being able to have this like helpline i guess is the way to say it so sorry I rambled on and on, but thanks again, companions. You know, Donnie, I'm always glad to hear from you, and I think it is so amazing and brave that you dared to share the parts of yourself that didn't feel so good. I know just how hard that is, 
but I also know that you probably brought comfort and hope to others who have felt the same. Also, as we have discussed, you are combining your massive Weight Watcher loss and maintenance success with intuitive eating, and that can be a really tricky balancing act. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences and letting us know how that goes. We really appreciate it, Donnie. Now, Brave Companions, if you want to share your support with Donnie, leave a message for her on today's show notes, day 66, or contact me and I'll pass the message along. Or call the Bravery Hotline and say, good job, Donnie. We're here, we're listening, and we care. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. This has been a long session of recording here on the podcast rock in the shade under the tree at the hot, hot park in Southern California. But you know, I just have so many people commenting and letting me know stuff and thinking about stuff. I just got a lot to say. And I hate to let too many days go by without recording what I wanted to record. So it is what it is. I told you when I started the show that if the show was going to be 15 minutes, that's what it would be. If it was going to be two hours, that's what it would be. I publish as I can. I talk as much as I need. And I guess if it's too long, you guys are free to push the pause button, right? So when we started out today, I said what I needed to let go was, one, being so wishy-washy and turning myself into a pretzel to try to make everybody and their dog think I'm perfect and love me. And two, really the root of it was insecurity. And you saw that in some of the stories about my meeting and my asking for help. I actually think that that shows that I'm making progress in my insecurity because I'm willing to say to you guys, I need some feedback, I need some help on what's happening and to apply that. And I would recommend for all of you, all of you, to sit down sometime in the next week and try your hand at writing a paragraph about what is your mission statement, which is basically what is it that you want, and you can also put in there what you don't want. And this might be about your career or your family life or your faith or whatever's very important to you, but it could also be about food. Like for me, I think the turning point came for me when I realized that what was important to me was the relationship with people and getting over the behavior with food that that was more important for me than a particular body size or weight. Now, all of my life, up until this point, I would have told you otherwise. I'd say what's important to me is I get to a very healthy body weight that I can somehow conquer my eating demons and get back to this size. Though I will say it really isn't vanity anymore. Been there, done that. I've, I've had the opportunity to be thin enough I've gotten a chance to wear cute clothes and to feel more free and you know not like the fat chick. I've had that and I enjoy that. But what it took for me to accomplish that was such a dive into obsessive compulsive dieting behaviors of seeing everything through lens of calories and worrying always that the robot aliens are going to come in and transport into my body and thrust my arms into those bags of chips or whatnot, that my life just didn't feel good. Now at the weight that I am, I have to say that I feel really good. 
not because I weigh over 200 pounds, no. That's not why. It's because even if I do weigh over 200 pounds, I'm still going to meeting new people. In fact, tonight I'm gonna to go for the first time to a writer's group because I wanna get some support to help me actually finish the book about the conversations I have in my head about the different people that I kind of name different things or the different parts of my compulsive eating issues. And I'm trying to write a book about it that I can put for sale on the website. And hopefully it'll be an entertaining book and it will be fun. But I'm kind of like Cheryl in her comment. In the past, I would say, hey, I'm going to write a book. And I would let that idea just kind of be enough for me. Or maybe I'd go so far as to outline it. But then I would not have the confidence I would not have the gumption to actually finish the thing, find an editor, and put it out there for everyone to see. That is not what I used to do. But guess what, brave companions? Today's a new day. Now's a new moment. I can change my behavior. I can change my life one moment at a time. And today I'm going to go down to the writing group. I'm going to tell them that I want to write this book of essays. I want their help. I want to attend regularly, and I want to get this project done. I'm going to take this step because that helps me be less insecure about it. If I sat all by myself and just thought about all the reasons why what I say is stupid or why my writing isn't as good as it used to be, I would never do anything. So I might as well go, and I might as well try. I know that I want to communicate. I know that I want to find a way to reach more brave companions. I know I want to have a way where I don't feel badly about it when you guys give me money. And even though I love the coffee clutch people, I so appreciate that. Thank you. I would feel better if you were getting something for your $5 or your $6 or whatever that might be. I would actually feel better if I had a product to sell that I put my heart and soul into. Well, now, Brave Companions, you might be saying, hey, Lori, don't you put your heart and soul into the podcast? Our $5 coffee button is saying thank you for putting your heart and soul into that. Well, you know, now that I'm talking to myself, I guess that's the point there, too. But as you see, that's something that I would do anyway. And since I would do it anyway, it's hard for me to understand why you guys would give me money for it if I would have done it anyway. Writing a book it's going to take some effort on my part, even though I really enjoy it and I think it's going to be a good book. I'll feel like I'm putting out effort into this product and I'm doing it both for entertainment value and instructional value and I'm doing it on purpose to sell it. This is the first time I think in all my life that I am actually doing a creative endeavor from start to finish with the end in mind to sell it. So that's a victory for me. And brave companions, the takeaway about insecurity is what I said at the start. When you're feeling insecure, it's because you're feeling like you might not be up to a task. And all that you need to do is one, ask someone trustworthy for support, like find a group, find a friend, find an online buddy, find someone for support, and then just do the best you can to bring up your skill level for what you're trying to do. And then take that step in faith. Take the step out the door. And a good example of faith 
is how I want to end the show today. So another brave companion posted and taught me an important lesson about bravery. And I really appreciate the comment conversation that we've been having. And that's why I wanted to share it. Even though this podcast is already long, I think it's very important. Isabel from Canada posted on my blog post where I wrote about my bike accident, the one that I told you about earlier. Hi, Lori. Now's as good a time as any to say hello from Canada. Been meaning to post a comment and let you know I'm downloading and listening. I am sorry you got injured, but glad it was not worse. I haven't yet gone to Adventure Tales to find out about your original big bike disaster injury, but I will get there. I found you through your interview with Alan Standish, and in turn I found him through Garden Girl's blog. I don't remember how I found her. Lots more I could say, but kind of shy for sharing now. I do enjoy your blog and your podcast. I admire your honesty, your insight into this condition, compulsive overeating, binge eating, and the fact that you have stuck with it despite feeling all alone in the beginning. I will post again, I am sure, but for the moment, I am lurking in the background, not brave enough yet to be a true brave companion. Feel better soon. I would send you a big hug, but scared it would hurt you too much right now. And I answered her. Hello, and welcome, Isabel. I'm delighted to hear from another brave companion from Canada. And you are a brave companion as you're listening, learning, and thinking about your issues. And you are even brave enough to post in public here and wish me well. Thanks, too, for telling me how you found this podcast and blog. Isn't it cool how, as you say, I felt alone and the whole world came along? I'm very glad to have met Karen and Alan and appreciate their generosity in sharing what I have to say. And I'm especially glad to meet you today. I'll look forward to hearing more of your own thoughts and feelings when you're ready. Until then, take care. And remember, from now on, you are brave companion Isabel. XOXOXO. Then today I woke up feeling particularly insecure and feeling fat and panicked and scared about gaining weight. I just did. I was so scared and panicked that I wrote a whole big blog entry all about it. And I actually took a selfie of my most feared body part, the back of my rear, showing my rear in tight pants and the top of my legs, which is the part that in the past I most reviled and am scared of. Okay? But that was a brave thing for me to take that selfie and actually post it. And Isabel, brave companion Isabel, commented on that post too. Congratulations on being so brave taking a backward Congratulations on being so brave taking a backwards butt shot. Goodness knows where the anxiety comes from, but our brains are a mystery. But you tried to work through your processes and seemed to find a logical explanation for why you would be up in weight, if indeed you were. Fab that you aren't. You look damn good. And the fact that you can zip up and comfortably wear size 18W jeans means that whatever you are doing is working for you. Hope your anxiety lessened as the day went on. Me. Laugh out loud. This sums it up all right. Being so brave, taking a backwards butt shot. I don't know if I have a bravery report long enough to record the bravery required for this one. Yes, after I talked it through, I realized I am more scared about the upcoming in-person support group I'm starting in conjunction with a local organization. I can do fine long distance, but up close, in a group? What if I talk too much? What if no one comes to the group? What if I suck? This is the anxiety, really. 
and my brain is used to flipping out that way with fat and weight gain. Therefore, I must be fat, get it? I feel fat means I don't feel confident, happy, carefree, joyous. And yet, I have been all of those things at this weight and more. It's a lesson. With me, fat isn't fat. It's something else. Thanks for posting this and making me laugh. So brave companions, next time you're feeling fat and you don't have self-confidence, it might not be fat. It might be that you're just feeling anxious about something else. So next time you're feeling anxious, I want you to say to yourself, self, I'm anxious, but Lori cares about me. So brave companions, until next time, take care because I do really, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Silence.